If they could stop Donald Trump and the Great Awakening, they already would have. It's becoming clear that they can't. By Brian Cates. Trump got to where he is because he is unique. What happened is that Trump tapped into something powerful back in 2015, something real and something growing. He became the face of a movement, but inevitably the day will come where the movement will be moving on without him. The only question is when that day arrives. A whole lot of people are already investing themselves heavily in the proposition that the time to force the baton from Trump's hand is now. I don't agree. There has never been an American president like Donald J. Trump, a president who was such a direct threat as a real outsider to the powers that actually controlled the U.S. federal government, that they were already marshalling all their assets against him while he was yet a mere candidate for the office. Will there ever be again another president like him? To understand what I'm getting at with that question, I'm going to have to spend the bulk of this column reminding you of some things you may have forgotten or perhaps never knew or realized to begin with. Their efforts to prevent a Trump presidency began the moment he announced he was running. Has any evidence surfaced that someone else running for president immediately had the current administration in power investigating them and spying on them well before Election Day? It seems pretty clear that what they did to Trump as a candidate is unprecedented. A well-developed joint venture had sprung into existence by the end of August 2016 to prevent a possible Trump victory in the upcoming presidential election. The joint venture included key members of the Department of Justice, the FBI, the Obama-Biden White House, the State Department. Trump called out the shadow cabal for its fake forever wars, and he wasn't shy about doing that. Tucker Carlson just reminded everyone in his latest episode of his new Twitter show that Trump rubbed it in Jeb's face that there were no WMDs in Iraq and that George W. Bush and company lied to us to get us into war in Iraq. Much of the public still can't accept the truth about that other war started earlier due to the 9-11 attack. That may be changing, but I suspect the first pollster to dare to ask this question, was the CIA and the Bush administration behind the 9-11 attack, is going to find out well over 70% of this country still thinks al-Qaeda was the lone culprit. Trump also signaled very early on that he was going to go right at the heart of the shadow cabal's efforts to foment instability in the Middle East by creating, arming, directing terrorist groups like al-Qaeda and ISIS by very publicly going straight at Senator No Name. Quote, He's not a war hero. He's a war hero because he was captured. I like people that weren't captured. Donald Trump, July 18th, 2015. When Trump made his very first pointed attacks on No Name, much of the public were aghast at the behavior, 
Was it that the boorish Trump simply had some petty personal issue with the, quote, war hero senator, or was there something deeper going on? Did Trump know something about what people like No Name, Obama, the Clintons, and Lindsey Graham and others had been up to for years when it came to behind-the-scenes efforts to foment instability around the world? Instability and conflicts that their military-industrial complex could then leap to fix. With the usual military adventurism and all the money-laundering, war-profiteering that inevitably follows. When Trump began pointedly shutting them down in the Middle East by destroying ISIS, more on that in a minute, and making it clear he was 100% serious and committed to ending their forever wars in the Middle Eastern region, what then was an enterprising military-industrial complex operative to do to find new playgrounds to play in if they were shut out of the Middle East? Where then could they go? Trump not only exposed their fake forever wars, he took real steps to end them. It's not exactly a secret that Ukraine was being supplied and built up by NATO for a military invasion of Crimea. That was supposed to be the new forever war to kickstart all the money laundering apparatus that had been shut down since Trump preempted any escalation in Syria while ending the Iran and Afghanistan occupations. The new proxy war was supposed to be a NATO-backed Ukraine, going mano a mano with a Russia-backed Crimea. Instead, what has ended up happening is that Putin preempted their plans by going into eastern Ukraine first, and thus we have a proxy war going on betwixt a NATO-backed Ukraine going head-to-head with the Russian Federation directly. While this was an unexpected development, the shadow cabal has still been able to kick its money-laundering apparatus back into high gear, taking advantage of the conflict for washing billions in cash and assets, even if the conflict itself has taken on a different shape from what they had envisioned. People insisting Trump never did anything right are wearing blinders. This is because such people, only on what they perceive to be Trump's failures from his first term in office. They don't even see or remember the many times he literally forced the military intelligence complex, MIC, into retreat. Just as it is a controversial position to some people that 9-11 was an inside job, there's another controversial proposition they need to hear. That the same people who created and utilized Al-Qaeda for their own purposes on 9-11 also had created and were utilizing ISIS for their purposes under former President Barack Obama. Al-Qaeda was created with one goal in mind, to sell the narrative of a Middle East in turmoil where the nations of the region could not handle their own security and thus the U.S. military had to expand its presence in the region. The 9-11 attack was how they sold the American public on allowing them to foster not just one, but two very expensive forever wars in Afghanistan and then in Iraq. When you compare the amount of time, money, resources expended to create 
fund direct al-Qaeda in its attacks in the Middle East, and then on the U.S. itself on 9-11 versus the incredible amount of war profiteering that went on from 2001 until Donald Trump shut it down beginning in 2018. That was an incredible rate of return on the initial expenditure. So it only made sense for them to try it again. So they did. After honest military generals like Michael Flynn swimming upstream all the way against the CIA, State Department, and other swamp creatures managed to degrade al-Qaeda to the point it wasn't a real or serious threat any longer by 2010, it became clear to those determined to keep the war profiteering running full speed that a new threat in the Middle East region was going to have to be created, and this new threat was going to have to be serious enough to justify not only keeping the present level of U.S. forces in the area, but to sell expanding that level. Enter ISIS. Obama spent all of his second term in the White House positing excuse after excuse as to why, under his leadership, ISIS was flourishing and growing and increasing its attacks and the amount of area it controlled. For the first year of ISIS expansion, Obama very publicly laughed off the terrorist group as any kind of real threat, even as honest generals in the military, such as General Michael Flynn, were urgently telling him otherwise. That year of scoffing was then followed by two years of Obama putting on a most unconvincing act of being helpless, of insisting that now that ISIS had killed all those people and seized all that territory, he was belatedly taking them seriously, but gosh darn it, he just could not seem to get anywhere when it came to directly attacking or destroying the group. He and his intelligence people were doing their best, you see, but it was very slow going. And it was hard to make any progress, so please have patience, etc., etc. Given the ease with which that same U.S. military was able to absolutely decimate ISIS in short order when Donald J. Trump became the commander-in-chief, some people did scratch their heads at the time and wonder why Trump was able to so quickly take ISIS out when Obama spent almost three years either ignoring the problem or insisting this was really complicated and was going to take decades. Well, the truth is not something a lot of people are going to like to hear. ISIS was a Western government creation. It was unleashed on the region to help destabilize certain areas so the quote, good guys, could come riding to the rescue as they always do to quote, help The locals get their house back in order. War profiteering is big business. And thanks to the sudden emergence of ISIS business from 2012 through 2020 was very, very good. Trump got the reception he did in Saudi Arabia back in 2017 because he's the first American president to tell the locals there, I know what's been going on and I'm going to put a stop to it. 
One can only imagine how much longer ISIS would have flourished and expanded in the region had Barack Obama handed the presidency to Hillary Clinton as planned, rather than being forced to give it to Donald Trump. How much longer would ISIS have traipsed about the Middle East committing various atrocities while Clinton continued Obama's helpless act, shrugging and making excuses as to why ISIS just couldn't be curtailed or stopped? Well, we all remember what happened. Obama most reluctantly ended up having to pass the baton to Trump, and then all the people of no name who'd spent years carefully creating, guiding, equipping, and directing ISIS to justify their warmongering, profiteering in Syria, Iraq, and Afghanistan, watched in abject horror as Trump led an unleashed U.S. military in utterly gutting ISIS like a fish and deboning it in short order. By the end of Trump's first full year in office, ISIS was already receding into a distant memory. Don't think the people who created and unleashed al-Qaeda and ISIS on the world have forgiven Donald Trump for both directly threatening to reveal the awful truth about the JFK assassination, 9-11, and ISIS. They haven't. They are more determined to destroy him than ever and pay him back for what he's done to their carefully laid plans. In the five years he was running for president and then in the White House, Trump exposed and defanged some of the biggest political power families in U.S. history. Think how carefully these political power families strategized to set up America for their forever wars. The Clintons down there in Arkansas, the neocon preparation of the Bushes, relocating to Texas and Florida to establish, quote, conservative street cred, no name in Arizona setting up his own corrupt GOP power base, and so on. Yes, much of the creation, directing, arming, equipping of al-Qaeda happened on Bill Clinton's watch. If you still haven't figured out why blowjob Bill wouldn't give the order to take out bin Laden or what that document was about that Sandy Berger tried to steal from the National Archives, you haven't really thought about it yet. Not everybody is in on the plot. There really were top government, intelligence, and military people trying to take out al-Qaeda. They just didn't realize many of the people around them or over them had a vested interest in ensuring al-Qaeda was not successfully attacked or curtailed. Same thing that happened with ISIS a decade later. Some people in the military want to take down the bad terrorist group. They keep being given the runaround by the people who created the terrorist group and were still using it to further their own war profiteering agenda. They know what happens if Trump gets back in the White House, especially if he gets back in during a great awakening that is currently picking up speed and gaining cultural momentum. They don't fear anybody in this world the way they honestly and truly fear Donald J. Trump, and they continue to prove this every day. This is why, despite all his very known faults and missteps, I am endorsing Trump for president in 2024.